Hi, everybody. Hey, this podcast was recorded before the tragic passing of Big Big Train singer David Longden. I want to pass on my sympathies to the band, to Sarah, and to David's kids at this difficult time. All right. Well, hey, this is my... musicians having coffee and talking about stuff. And yes. uh, we have the wonderful, the amazing Nick DeVirgilio with us today. And uh, or with me, actually. I mean, you guys aren't here, but you're watching, hopefully, or listening. Right. Yeah. So it's been pretty crazy, I guess, huh? My wife and my daughter got COVID. Oh, I'm so sorry. Even after, man. Even after vaxxed and all that stuff. So I'd, right. And they're so they're holed up in their bedrooms in bed. And I'm so I'm taking care of Tiffany and Adam, who's my daughter's fiance, is taking care of her. And then my son, Anthony's getting married on Saturday and they can't go to the wedding now. So there's all these little, it's just so it's like, I'm trying, I'm juggling all these things and it's just sort of all hit at one time. That ain't no little thing, man. Yeah. It's a drag. Not being able to go to the wedding is epic. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. FaceTime them in or something so they can see some of it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a bummer. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been, uh, as we all know, it's been a rough couple of years, you know, with all this stuff, you know, we just have to be thankful if everyone's still uh, above ground, really. Yeah, you know, totally. This is a really. This is supposed to be like a f- fun thing. We just. Oh, yeah, I just no, went right really. to death, didn't I? <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> that's the way my wife is. Actually, you know, she goes straight to in any situation. She goes straight to the absolutely worst possible consequence that it could be. You know, when she. Well, if, it's always, yeah, it's just up from there. Then, though. Yeah. Right. It'll yeah. get better. She calls it being a realist. Oh, okay. <laughs> like if a kid's up on a high thing, a high place or something, and they're doing something they shouldn't do, she doesn't say be careful. She says, you're going to fall. Yeah. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to knock your eye out or whatever. Yeah, you're going to put story. your eye out. Yeah, you're going to put your eye out with the BB gun, right? <laughs> right? Did you hear put your eye out a lot when you were young? I don't know if my mom said or my dad told me, told me that too much. Do you remember, remember that Al and I wrote a song called Put Your Eye Out? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> was that was that during our time together? It would have been before our time. Okay. It was like quirky 80s. Put your eye out. Nice. And it wasn't a hit? It wasn't a hit. I know it's hard to it's hard to imagine. Yeah. We we wrote a lot of funny stuff. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, so, so what's uh, what's the latest with Nick? Lots of stuff going on. Um, you know, Sweetwater's the- going strong. So I still got my gig here, rolling ahead at Sweetwater, doing tons of videos and content and stuff. So yeah, very blessed um, that... For those that don't know, Nick is uh, um, big muckety-muck in the... I don't know what your actual title is at the, in the drum department there at Sweetwater, but you've been working there... In a high profile, Seven and a half years now. Yeah, yeah qu- quite a while, and uh, <coughs> and he's also uh, in uh, the group Big Big Train. If you're not aware of that, they're killer. And Nick is killer. If you're not aware of that, then well, well you. you must yeah. you must have just crawled out from under a rock. Then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sweetwater keeps me busy. So thankfully, through all of this, Sweetwater um, has d- gone nothing but up. They skyrocketed through all of this COVID craziness, um, their two best years ever because everybody was staying at home, whether getting money or not, or just whatever, but buying gear. Oh, I'd like to learn how to play guitar or I need a new this or that. So Sweetwater just exploded. Yeah. 
And um, so, you know, I'm blessed that, that I my, I had a steady gig through all of this stuff for sure. But musically, yeah, Big Big Train's pretty busy. We uh, recorded all through the pandemic and we released our record last Common Ground last July. And we got another record coming out now in late January, early February. That's awesome. I, so when I saw that, I, I was going to say, yeah, you guys just had a record and now you're having another record. Well, it was one of those things where we had leftover songs that weren't quite right for the common ground record and then we had started writing some more and we have a few new band members too mm -hmm. um since last few left and so we'd like we we put them all together and we go well this is a pretty great yeah it was going to be an ep let's just put out a whole thing and so now we have another record and we've been doing this whole music marketing campaign with spotify and releasing singles and all this stuff that we have to do you know it full well yeah have to do these days to try and stay on the radar because there's so much noise out there. So we have a new um, PR guy and a team that are trying to do these other things. So we ended up getting a second record. So it's good. And it's a lot of fun music to put out. And it's, it's, it's keeping the whole momentum going for the band, which is nice. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have my you know, creativity generally is way, uh, way ahead of what like labels can actually do. You know, yeah. like um, <laughs> yeah. to say you're prolific is an understatement. Well, I don't mean that. I, I I don't think I don't think it was that unusual. Like in the time when I was growing up, I mean, uh, in the in I was born in 1960. So, uh, you know, the Beatles were putting out, I think, an average yeah. of three, three albums a year, I think. Right. We were and I was we were just talking about that with the band while we were over there, because some people were going, were you two records in a year? Well, yeah. In the old days, bands recorded records in three days and they were all constantly putting stuff out yeah i mean it was based i think the idea was you know strike while the fire is hot you know totally and yeah. if you got fans and you got songs and let's let's sell some records you know and uh yeah. so yeah I, I i we've talked about this before about the the lag with the music business now and sometimes it's like by the time something comes out i'm so like Past it, yeah. Well, it, that was like three albums ago or three projects <laughs> right. ago for me. Like right. by the time they actually put it out, you know, I'm not sure really what, you know, I don't know why it has to be like that. Well, I do know the vinyl thing, the, the, since the vinyl resurgence, it takes, uh, yeah, about six months just to press the vinyl, <clears throat> get the vinyl in right. the queue and stuff. So at least that, that's something. It used to be the excuse used to be, Oh, we need that much time for press. Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what press is this exactly? You right. mean like the two magazines that actually will say something about what we're doing? <laughs> right. I mean, I don't mean to be depressing or anything. I was I always just felt like, oh really? Come on, you guys don't really need that much time. Really, right. do you? Well, anyway. I suppose that's not my part of the of the gig, but uh, you were saying something before it was Sweetwater and the online sales. Oh yeah, there's something, isn't there something about us, especially as we get older, like during the pandemic, I find this, I have to fight this urge. Like you're just sitting around kind of bored at night or something. It's like, right. I want to buy something. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, for me, it's, for me, it's, I'm scrolling through Instagram or something and you see like uh, some, some contraption that will measure the angle of your, ceiling just in case you want to put some 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 molding around your door and you you know these crazy little things that for 1999 it's like it's like watching you know as seen on tv commercials back when we were kids or something right. like that yeah wow that 
I need one of those, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The Instagram impulse buy. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, it doesn't have to be music gear. It can be something completely different. But wait, there's more. It also comes with the Ginzu knife set. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you totally. order right now. <laughs> exactly. The Ginzu knife set. Okay. Yeah. But oh, I just find myself just sort of wanting to wander around to find something that I might want to purchase, even though I shouldn't do that i right. you know like and a lot of times at my age I, I i bet this is really common you you start looking at stuff that you used to dig when you were like 20 so i'm looking at like, i used to own an mgb sports car when i was okay. in my 20s do you remember my red mgb i think so yeah. yeah you probably go back that far wow yeah i mean it was a nightmare it was an absolute nightmare. The thing was breaking down all the time. All the time. In, yeah. in order to change the tires, I had to carry around this big giant pole to it to get enough leverage to actually <laughs> You know, that that's how often I was having flat tires and stuff was I wow, had to carry okay. around this. Jeez. And so but something in me is now like, oh man, look at that MG. Oh, you know, they only want six thousand dollars for it in Fort Lauderdale. I could fly down right. there. <laughs> and then you the kind of wake up and go, what are you talking about? That's insane. Right. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So online sales have definitely gone up. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good for Sweetwater. Yeah, I mean, my wife, you know, Tiffany started her own business. Oh, did got she? Got out of the medical field, quit working at the hospital and started her own business. And it's all online. It's all sort of Facebook and online driven stuff and she's just constantly forums and this and i mean it's it's a big deal but it's it's making her money and she's doing something for herself so she's totally jazzed so she's not nursing anymore she's not doing her her medical nuclear medicine stuff anymore right yeah wow wow she did it for 30 years you know it was sort of killing her in the end so it, physically and stuff and she was very burnt so now she's being a creative businesswoman and so she, it's a it's new for her so she's totally jazzed that's totally cool man yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. So we definitely got to go back. We're going to have to dig back into Spock's beard time. Okay. People will want to hear, I'm sure. Okay. And um, one of the things that was great about, I think, all the bands I was in in the earlier days, uh, you subbed in my cover band Burlesque, right? Many times. times. Yeah. Yeah. Many times, yeah. Yeah, and they they loved you. I remember. And uh, do you remember how funny those guys were? Yeah, <laughs> totally. You guys were cracking up. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was, it was kind of like a. La- we we were, we. Uh, Clark used to say burlesque, the band that thinks they're funny. Like, because we would be cracking all these in jokes with each other, and the people are just sitting there, you know, having their cocktails or whatever they're doing. Look, every once in a while they'll look at. Mostly they're talking to each other, right? <laughs> Every once in a while, they'll look at, up at us going, like, what? And changing all the lyrics to the songs to really stupid, juvenile things. Yeah. You know. Uh, Gosh, yeah. <laughs> she puts on her makeup and some kind of underwear. <laughs> you know, it's like right. stupidest things. And we, we'd just be like, Ugh. <laughs> like Then we were in our early 30s, you know, acting like, silly teenagers a lot of the time and and spocks was the same way well totally but it was like for the cover band thing it was one of those things where you know listen we had played those songs a million times over and by the end of my cover band days even though i still do cover band gigs once in a while now 
not not too many, but you know, I was getting burnt out on doing those gigs. I mean, the, the amount oh, totally. of the driving we did all across town and staying up to all hours of the night and the partying and all that kind of stuff. You you had to do some of those things, those juvenile things to the songs, just to kind of make it fun or make it some different, right? Instead of just being the same thing over and over again. <laughs> How many times can I play Brown Eyed Girl? I think I played that tune thousands of times in my life. I have as well. Yeah. So it's just, and it's a great song. Yeah. Wish I'd wrote it right. I'd probably be re- I'd be retired. But I mean, it's one of those things where it just it's you have to those things kind of come out naturally because you just did it so much. Yeah, and I and it would grow like I remember on Brown Eyed Girl. Um it was Hey, where do we go? Right? And then right. for somebody to start off, then somebody started going, Hey, hey, where do we go? They I don't know, they started making this big deal out of hey. And so right. pretty soon, like we're all just playing along and everybody goes, Oh, hey, like <laughs> just because we're bored, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and just saying all kinds of really stupid things in the songs, but uh Spock's was really what's that? the commutes that we had to do to do these gigs. So like when you lived in Silmar and right. were commuting to uh, Long Beach or something to Newport play on Beach. one of the Newport, Newport Beach or whatever, yeah. that's like it's two hours each way. I know. <laughs> or something, you know, sitting in track. It's like crazy what we would do to go do these cover gigs to make a hundred bucks or whatever money we were making. Usually day. less. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's crazy. Um, I just loved where I lived so much up in that Canyon. Yeah, I lived in that canyon in the corner of the valley, Kegel Canyon, in the house that Can Heat used to l- actually live in. I confirmed that. Wow. Um, yeah, and uh, I love that so much that I just, I don't know, I never wanted to move down where all the gigs were in Orange County. So I just, I mean, what a madness, what a crazy thing to do, you know, do, le- leaving a gig at two in the morning and, you know, driving home, getting there at like 3.30 five nights a week it's just yeah and then getting up and doing it again the next day yeah <laughs> absolute madness but it was yeah. a lot of it was a lot of fun uh spocks was also really fun you know uh my daughter used the word kayak recently Ooh, that's an old that brings back some memories yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't remember how that all started i think you just said something about like you were collecting coupons or something was <laughs> it gold remember. something like Oh gosh, I don't remember. SNH Green Stamps or something. No, no, seriously, man, you can you saving up on these things, you can get a freaking kayak. <laughs> oh, maybe it was when we used to smoke cigarettes and you would right. collect the little the you had UPC code or whatever. Gosh, and then yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> the Marlboro, man, you'd like collect all this crap. So you'd smoke more so you could get more coupon things to maybe get a kayak <laughs> or some inflatable whatever. But so the, let's kill myself more for a kayak, right? <laughs> so, so I don't know who was like really good. Like it was, just, you said it just a little bit, like with a New York accent, and yeah. then it became this like, I I need to get a kayak, man, <laughs> kayak, kayak, <laughs> yeah. and then it was like John Kayak, Private Eye. <laughs> right, <laughs> like yeah, it went sinked into everything. Right, and like years later, we'd still have anybody said anything about a kayak, we'd all go. <laughs> it's hard kayak. to explain that stuff because it's like in jokes or like stuff that you guys all decided was funny. There isn't really anything that funny about it, right? 
but but that's what that's the cool thing about being in a band too you know you get it's the brotherhood or sisterhood whatever where you you know you these camaraderie things that build over time yeah that you know that you know and it's that's what makes it fun you know to be in that group setting yeah oh yeah yeah and the cast of characters sure you know every we band. had a good quick cast of characters <laughs> in spock's beard for yeah. sure yeah i think i think people felt that too that was part of the thing that was really uh different and and i remember uh pete travis saying i went and saw you spock's beard for the first time by the way i only have one accent so my english accent is the same as like my middle eastern no accent okay. yeah it's okay. just so you know okay. um yeah so <laughs> i went i went and saw you. it was just like a bunch of you guys just a bunch of mad people on stage going mad and playing mad music. That's what he said. And I said, I, I, I guess that's about right. Yeah. You know, but every once in a while, you know, it was funny. Like, have you watched old footage of us playing? Sometimes. Yeah. I've gotten back into some of the old stuff not too long ago. Like what really cracks me up is with me. And this is just with me. Um, like I watched a little bit of the rock palast. Oh Yeah. Uh, thing and like so we're doing day for night so it's kind of mad you know and we're dun, 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 you know we're rocking and you know and doing a lot of crazy stuff and all this fiddly bits and everything and then and then we come up to the day for night and like i can tell i'm 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 making what i would call my my peter gabriel far away eyes face <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. Remember how Peter Gabriel would like September seventy-seven. He would just have this look on his face, like that was just made. I don't know. It was his voice and it's it, the look on his face made you feel something. Totally. Yeah. And was, so the engaged. funny thing was, I was like, we were trying to do like all things in you know in in this little crazy piece of music. So it just cracked me up the way it would just be like. I'd go over to Al and spaz out and make all these faces. And then a second later, I'm trying to like emote some really sincere thing for just a very short right. moment. Right. <laughs> and then back into the mania, you know. Totally. Yeah. But uh, what a funny band. It was cool. And I think that's a lot of people, you know, we, when you're talking about Pete saying how we were mad and stuff, that's, I think people dug the energy that we had on stage. Yeah. That was part of it, you know, that we, with Rio going nuts over on his side and Al just banging his head a whole time. There was an energy that maybe not a lot of bands back then sort of were doing, you know, so it was fun. It was, there was a fun factor too, even though we were playing this crazy music. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and for me and Al, certainly uh, probably for the rest of the guys, I mean, all the band, the bands that we, that I like to go see live um, were all guys that did a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, right. they moved around a lot. You know, the who, you know, the jumping and the, you know, just a yeah. lot of physical stage show stuff. So much so that if I if I went and saw a band and they just kind of stood there and played, well, they had to be very very good for me. To, you know, I, right. I generally expected some kind of a show. You right. Know. If I go, if I went to go see like a jazz, they went to the baked potato or something, saw a jazz thing, and they're just standing there playing. That's one thing because you're maybe they're doing something in a certain style. But yet, if you're going to a club or a bigger gig, an arena or whatever, yeah, you want to see something happening up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I always did, and 
you know, we had a lot of stuff happening up there. <laughs> we did. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> it was like a, except for Dave, it was a four ring circus, shall we say. Like you'd come out. Yeah, Dave front was always and- the, just this, the solid rock. He, you know, he was the, yeah. the tree that just, you know, was always there. Which is good. I don't know if he ever made, which I don't know how he never made mistakes. He's probably still never made a mistake. I mean, the guy was always just the rock of the band. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. We need need somebody to hold things down. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you held things down. Great. Oh, you know, we all did our thing. But I mean, well, you could always count on him to just be rock solid. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what. No. And especially with all the uh, partying and stuff um, that I was still doing uh, out on the road uh, in the early days. Um, Man, my voice was just trashed. I'd have maybe one or two gigs at the beginning of a run where I could sing. Thank God for you, because you could always, you could hit the high notes, right? Like my, you know, I'd lose everything above an E flat. You know, it's like I remember trying to like warm up enough to be able to go day for night. You know, oh, see, I still can't do it. You know, but uh, yeah, well, we were so stupid in a lot of ways. Is with the party and stuff. I mean, we all smoked. Back then, I called myself like a professional smoker. I haven't smoked since 2001. I have not touched a cigarette since then. So I, I finally kicked the habit and finally yeah. got over that hill. That's but funny. I, I think that's, days, a, that's the same year as me. In the early days of Spock's, I was, yeah. I mean, I remember buying cartons of cigarettes at Costco just to take them overseas because they were cheaper and all that kind of crap. And then remember we used to smoke on the bus. Yeah. We would all be there in the bus, like at night after the gig, where you you lose your voice. But then we would sit up all night long, singing Beatles tunes, smoking cigarettes, and whatever else, and just like this cloud of crap around us. Oh my gosh, so horrible! It must have been horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, and and then like in you know, and there was people on the bus that didn't smoke. I don't know how that they ever put up with what we did, but yeah, yeah. So you know, it was all that we did those things that didn't contribute to uh, you know proper. Right, uh, keeping your voice in shape or whatever. Yeah, you know? and then we'd be, oh you know, singing, you know, all kinds of songs also till the wee hours. You know, it's just. But we were having God. We were having such a great time back then. I mean, it was it was new. The band was kind of doing our thing. It's kind of inevitable that we were having a having fun because it was. Well, me, yeah, it was the first I mean, time I was all those gigs. My first time over there. My first band achieving any sort of notoriety. It was. Uh, it was time to kind of just have fun oh yeah well i mean i had gone through i'd already passed through what i what i call my valley of death period which mm-hmm. would have been right which would have been like right around the time that i actually first met you right you know until the first spock's album came out you know i was really floundering and you know pretty much sure that nothing was ever going to happen for me Right. And I was just going to live out my days playing Stones and Zeppelin tunes in bars. You know, I mean, it was pretty depressing. And uh, so when this thing started to happen, you know, that's really what I was singing about in The Great Nothing from the ashes. You know, it was from the ashes of my life. Sure. You know, came this amazing thing. And uh, it was really when, you know, when I stopped trying to be commercial. 
Yeah, you're just doing what was came from your soul and your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. gosh, man, growing up in LA like we did in in the, the thick of it all, you're so trying to. Well, I think it's like that, like this today a lot too. Is just doing what's following the herd, you know, and trying to be part of that. And um, yeah, doesn't always work. Well, that didn't work for me, and I th- I thought I was in a lot of really good journey bands and right. new wave bands and. You know, I was in did a lot of stuff in the '80s that came very close. I also, you know, showcased a lot as a singer songwriter and got very close with uh, almost signed a deal with RCA and you know all kinds of things. It wasn't like right. I wasn't doing anything. God knows. I mean, I was writing a lot and I had my own, uh, you know, original band as well as my the cover band. And you know, you you probably remember some of that, but uh, yeah. Well, that what a thing meeting you. What do you remember about meeting me? For I've told the story from my perspective many times, but well, yeah, I mean, it was total random, you know, fate, God's will. I mean, all the you can put whatever name you want, you know, or moniker you want on it. I went to the to the Universal Bar and Grill, which I found out is still there and still open. Really, that place, that place has got to be sixty years old or something. Yeah, but um. Just I was doing my same sort of thing, man. I was hustling around town, and when I, whenever I wasn't gigging at night, I was out going to jam sessions and just hanging out, trying to meet people. Yeah, and I put my name on the board for the to sit in on a tune, and you and Al happened to be called up at the exact same time. Yeah, and that's when we jammed. And did, did you we remember? Do, um, but did you remember that I was completely terrible? I don't remember you were being terrible. No, I thought it was good. I did we do um, Hendrix? Um, bound out. Didn't we do that? I thought um, we. I thought we did a, some kind of twelve bar blues. Okay, well, whatever it was, I guess I don't remember that completely. But I don't remember you being terrible. I remember we just had fun and we played, and then we 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 uh, talked afterwards and stuff, and maybe had a beer too. And then I came to your jam session. I think it was the next day, wasn't it, or the couple days later, the one that I, Al I, put together. I thought that you came and got a cassette of the dem the demos of a lot of the light album i I remember i was living in i was living in culver city and i think you got you came over to the house i was living in and we had a brief chat and i gave you the cassette i was really amazed that you showed up because la musicians are notoriously flaky and my thinking about la musicians at that time was like well anybody that's good enough to play this stuff is not gonna want to play this stuff because there's no money in it. Right. Um, that's just the way I, my thinking was. Al was actually the spearhead. The, he was the one like, no, no, I bet I bet we can get guys that are really good. And he was the positive one back then. I was the negative one. And, <laughs> cool. And uh, yeah, he was the one that talked me into going that night. And uh, yeah, oh, okay. I, what I, re- I remember playing, my, took a solo in the wrong key. Oh gosh, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> you probably thought, "Oh man, hey, this guy's a jazz player, man." Right. <laughs> Whoa, those notes you picked, man, are just <laughs> so out there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've, I think though the jam session was before I came down to meet you because I definitely did come there because I think that's where we talked more. You know, I'll put that networking jam together, right, at Valley Center Studios where we rehearsed for our whole career. Yeah. We would go throughout rooms. And I think we just talked more. And that's when you told me I have, I've been writing this progressive rock music 
and uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, check it out. And then so whatever, the next day or a couple of days later, we went to your place. They're off of Lancashire on the west side, mm. me and Tiffany, and you gave me the cassette. And we listened to that cassette the whole way back to wherever we had to go, back into the Inland Empire. And I was sort of blown away by the music. I really was because, A, you programmed all those drums on some Elisa's drum machine or however you did that. I still don't know to this day. HR 16, man. How you got so in (laughs) to all the different parts on that little box. But it was, I thought it was great. That's cool, man. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Amazing. This was 1991, do you think? Yeah, 90 or 91. Yeah. 90 or 91. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And now we have a new project together. How's that for a segue? Is that a good segue? (laughs) That's a good segue. Perfect. By the way, segue is a word that I had not heard till I was 20 or in my 20s. Okay. (laughs) Have you ever experienced that? Like all of a sudden somebody uses a word that like everybody in the room obviously knows. And you're like, I don't know what that word means. (laughs) Maybe. I don't remember. Maybe. (laughs) Because... I don't, I don't know remember what that ba- segue was the word you didn't you know. How do you know that you never heard it before that? Well, because I, I, we were, uh, I was with a band. I can't remember which band it was. And they were, uh, we were putting together the set list for the gig we were going to do. And they said, well, why don't we just segue into this thing and that thing? And I'm like, what are we making up words now? Why don't we just eep go into the next song? I said, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean segue? What's that? And they all looked at me like, you've never heard that word. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, so we're, we got we got we got a new album we just made. Well, actually, we made it earlier in the year, earlier this yeah. year, and it's going to come out next year. It's a really cool project, man. Yeah. Um, Troy, how do we say the word Troika? I think it's just Troika. Troika. Okay, I haven't kind of got. I guess that we should find my, out <laughs> under my tongue quite right yet. I've, right. I've showed that word to a number of people and they go and they say it right away. They so that obviously people know what it is. Oh, so it's like Segway. It's like Segway. Oh, that's the word that I had never heard before. Me I'll neither. Just say that right yeah. there. That's the word that I'd never heard of. Before. I thought it was like a European right. thing. I looked it up and I'm like, oh, that makes sense though. Yeah. 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 No, man. I mean, talk about a, a really cool thing to do while we were all going through all the craziness of the pandemic. It just, it, it brought a lot of joy to me making this record with you guys. It was inspirational, inspirational because I was writing. Uh, I got to contribute my my writing to it, which was great. And then just, you know, once I started hearing everybody's parts come together, especially our voices, boy, it was it was really cool to hear. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've uh, they've quoted me on this, but I'll say it again. Um, I was uh, we were partway into the project and I was talking to Bill Hubauer about it because i know he really digs you know three-part harmony and all that right and uh he said hey, well how's the vocal bl- how's the vocal blend i said i don't know <laughs> i mean you had sung on your stuff and i'd i think i'd sung on your stuff there wasn't anything at that point yeah we had all had the three of us had that. sent vocals for and this right. was like april and was going to be mixed in may i think and I don't think you did your vocals till the very la- it was like the last thing you did. Right. Right? So I had your drums, I had all kinds of stuff, but yeah, Bill's like, "So how's the vocal plan?" I said, "I don't know." <laughs> and he said, "Isn't that like the whole thing with that kind of project?" I'm like, "Yeah. Yeah, it is." 
I was just going on faith. I mean, I knew you and I were going to have a good blend. You know, we know right. that from, you know, all of our history. And Ross, I figured, was going to be the right guy in the middle there. Yeah. And, no, his, he's got a beautiful voice and he's super talented. And, uh, and we can kind of, and we, we exchanged parts on a few things here and there where he was taking some high notes and I was sort of in the middle too. So it kind of gave me a break of not always having to do the high parts. Right. Yeah. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it worked well. Yeah. It, he, he, uh, he blends so well, yeah. which is what you want, you know? And it's cool to hear him. You know, I'm only, I've only heard him play in Hagen or sing in Hagen. I've never heard him do other stuff. And so hearing his solo material on his solo records, plus, um, what we did together, it's a cool, uh, cool way of hearing what he does. Yeah. Cause he's yeah. great in Hagen. That band's awesome for what yeah. they do. And, it is. um, it is. and, uh, it's, so it's, and it's he just, just nice. uh, we got to put in a plug for his solo record. I think it just, just came out. I think it's, it's just, just been... about to drop or it's dropping right. You know, or it has, it's coming out yeah. very soon. Yeah. 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 So check out Go Ross's new record, man. He's, uh, yeah. yeah, he's great. And, and I, you know, I really wanted it to, be not just you know me sending out songs for people to play on i wanted it to be uh a whole you know meeting with other artists and and uh because i think that's just so much more interesting and and cool so many of the groups that i really liked when i was young it was like that you know right uh crosby stills and nash and the beatles and and then uh a, a lot of bands had the you know numerous writers as well as singers and it just gives you such a different flavor and i just i love the variety of it yeah. um what what has surprised you about this record anything well um i feel like it's taken me a, you tell me if i'm correct in this you know you've been writing music your whole life probably since you were a teenager, maybe early, you'd been writing songs. I sort of dabbled in that and stuff. And I tried to write more in my twenties, but I kind of was, I was more of the player side of things than mm -hmm. the writer. So it took me a long time to trust my writing ability mm. and, and especially in lyrics and stuff like that too, until much later in my, my life. So now that I'm, you know, in my early fifties though, I feel like I've finally found my, I, I trust myself. I can appreciate what I write and not, not always question it. And, and I'm not afraid to play it for people, you know, like mm -hmm. this is what I've done. So right. it's, it was a real joy being able to contribute as a writer to this project. And I'm doing that more with big, big train now too. So I really feel like it's a, after all of these years in the music business, I feel like it's a whole new world for me. That's great. Because I'm, I'm getting that voice out, you know, um, mm -hmm. I feel like I've proven myself as a musician, as a player, but this is a whole other thing. So it's like, it's, uh, it, it's just, it feels good that I've been able to, to contribute in that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I think what you contributed is awesome. And, uh, yeah, I couldn't be, I, I don't think I could be any happier, you know, with, cause you know, you kind of have an idea. Yeah. I had a bit of a vision, but right. then you don't know how it's really going to, you know, we have, as artists, we have these visions and we have these ideas of like, oh, it'd be great if this happened, or I'd love to make a record like this. Right. But then, you know, uh, then there's the, the, the actually what is thing, 
You know, there's right. the what what did it turn out to be? So, and sometimes what it turned out to be is quite a bit different from really what your vision was. Right. You know, and I would say that that's true of this. Um, one of the things that surprised me is um, how how energetic the album is. Sure. Because I was thinking more along the lines of, uh, you know, more. I was thinking more mellow. Sure. You know, when I it, when I first thought about this, and you can hear that in a lot of the songs that I brought to it, like uh, uh, "Change Is Gonna Come" and uh, "What You Leave Behind," and sure. you know things. I thought, oh well. In fact, I wrote "Secondhand Sons" because I thought, man, we really need some kind of a rocker. Need something, yeah, something with right up tempo. Or, yeah, totally. But then you know, you you brought in. If I could, my guardian and my if guardian, I could. my guardian, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I could, and and then uh, Ross uh, help me out here. I'm not. Oh, King good for a day is a yeah, is King a really for a day. Super yeah, yeah, that was the, the kind of the surprise to me was like really, in a way, we didn't really need secondhand sons. I thought I I just thought we did right. uh, in the in the earlier stages because a lot of times when records get mixed, the mixing itself changes the tone of yeah. the album many times when they really bring the drums out like, right oh wow that rocks right <laughs> you know when you're doing like rough mixes and then everything's a little quieter it it uh i find that with uh, rich's mixes very much like right wow i didn't know this was going to be so heavy it'll like once rich is done with it it's like the heaviest thing you ever heard in your life <laughs> right totally <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also love being able to play some different instruments on the record it was cool you know getting playing guitar and and bass and on you know and uh, stuff and it just it added some more you know fun yeah. in the whole recording process too because we were just sort of going for things too and not everything worked but some did and some things were kept and it's it just added to more excitement for me. yeah yeah no i think it was it's really neat you know people, i i didn't play on uh, very much I would listen to what you guys sent. I'm sure you were the same way. You know, I listened to like Ross's tracks for something and I'm like, well, I think that's really cool. It's it's different than how I would approach it. And I think that's really good. You know, I didn't feel any need to add except I had to do Quika on If I Could. <laughs> I did it. I spent some time on that track, man. I really worked on getting the perfect... I mean, I just worked on it and worked on it, and then, Hard. then, and then, I was like, "Hey, Nick, I know this is your song, man. If you're not just be, you can tell me if you're not digging that, because it that's a thing. It it is. It can be kind of distracting, and yeah, you know. So Nick nixed my, he nixed oh. my track. Well, we'll put out we'll put out an extra B. We'll put out a B side, extra special single. There's hope. The Quika version. Right. The Quika remix. Right. <laughs> Crank it. That's right. <laughs> it it really is a dream come true. So thank you, man, for being a part oh, of it. Oh, me too, man. Thank making, you, dude. It was honest. Making right. the dreams come true. You bet. Yeah. I think there's there's I mean, listen, I hopefully you're super busy. I'm busy as well. But it I think it'd be really great to to perform these tunes somewhere down the line. I think they sort of kind of lend themselves to a really fun audience experience. So hopefully we get to actually jam these tunes somewhere later. 
Yeah. Make, yeah, make well, another record. Who knows? When people ask me about that, I usually just say, well, we'll see what kind of reaction the album gets. Yeah. And we'll see what everyone's schedule is like. And Right. It seems like it would probably be something that would... It would work for maybe, you know, some like one off some festivals or, you know, Morse Fest or the Cruise to the Edge in the future or something like that. Or okay. I don't know. I don't we'll know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I'm I'm open. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be really fun. I'm I'm to a place where I'm kind of enjoying doing different things. And this is so different. And uh, that's that's something that keeps the creativity going is. Yeah is continuing to try to try new things you know oh yeah that's what it's all about man yeah man yeah so i, I gotta ask how was morse fest for you this year oh it was, was great was it great yeah Turned it was well. so challenging it was so challenging to try to remember all that stuff you know even like you know right before the show in the dressing room i'm going okay now I can't remember the words, but I would I would go through the first, <laughs> right. the first two words of each stanza because if I get started, then I'll get the whole rest of that part. Right, it just kind of flows. Yeah. But a lot of times it's like proving myself. What is it? Oh, you know. And so yeah. I, it was really a challenging thing for everybody and all the all the parts and all the notes and the, but uh, everybody killed it. It was it, it far exceeded my expectations and. Uh, the background vocals and the string quartet and the um, percussion and everything. It was just, it's just absolute dream come true for me. So totally, man. I mean, what a cool thing you've built over the years. That's really turned into a people sort of depend on Morse fest every year. They, that's a, it's a destination for them. Well, it's become, it took on a life of its own. It's way, way beyond me. You know, I'm I'm only one of the people that is working on coordinating, you know, orchestrating this thing. You know, I I take my little list of tasks, but there there's a whole world, uh, you know, of like sixty people or some crazy thing yeah. that it takes to really put that thing on at the level that it it does, and and everybody just does it from the heart, and 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 so, you know, praise the Lord. That's all I can say about it. Um, I really can't take it it shouldn't really be called morse fest actually it should be called everyone fest but right you know it got coined that and so that's the name that it has but yeah it's turned into much more than just a music thing it's also a you know a fellowship thing you know just sure. a great hang uh it's a spiritual retreat almost kind of for a lot of people uh time to get kind of refreshed and it's just sure. a it's it's really has taken on a life of its own and it's just amazing and your band, man, you've had this the band for a while now, so you guys are really a tight unit together. Yeah, yeah, the Neil Morse band is is ruling. I, I just can't say enough about how great they they all are, and they're so diligent about their their work ethic. Well, right. and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> right, the old joke, like, yeah, you know the 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 you know I'm gonna go hang out with the musicians and. The drummer, you know, just, right. yeah, the old joke. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, he he put out that funny video. I don't know if you saw it, where everybody was posting them getting ready for Morris Fest and they're drilling stuff. And yeah, right. I mean, the beginning of a month out, I start like drilling it and practicing it. And, you know, I mean, we yeah. it, it takes a lot to be able to do that. And you only have one shot. Totally. 
So that's yeah, it's not like you're going to go on tour, right? You're, yeah, it's that gig. Yeah. Normally on tour, you know, it's like, well, you know, uh, well, you know, the first couple of gigs will be a little rough. We'll get it, you know. But this is different deal. Anyway, Mike showed, posted a video of him lying. It was very unusual. He was lying on the floor with his head under the kitchen sink. His dog is in the cabinet under the kitchen sink, licking his head. <laughs> it's like two minutes long. Okay. It's a long time. <laughs> and this this is what I'm doing. This is I'm continuing to do what I've been doing all year to prepare for this show. And oh gosh. <laughs> Cast of characters, man. Yeah, man. It's what oh, it, yeah. Takes. it goes yeah. on. It goes on. That's well, fun. it's great talking with you, brother. You too, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh we'll be in touch. We'll be, you know, working with there's things going on promo stuff going on with the troika album yes some of the singles will start getting released here soon people Mm -hmm. can actually hear the music so that's exciting yeah yeah very much so and uh have you shot any of your your, uh, video yet i'm working on that this week yeah i've done some stuff for julia for christian and then working on some of the other bits he's given me some some tasks and some filming things to yeah to go and do so i did all mine in fact i wore the same jacket actually Okay. Like Very anybody nice. cares. Sherry's always like, those dudes don't care what you're wearing. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of reason. Because I'll be like, honey, I don't want to wear this. I wore that at the blah, blah, blah show. Or the I wore that in this DVD. It's like, oh, please. <laughs> anyway, I, I did shoot all my video for that, uh, for the first release. Cool. The end of last week, I guess, or something. So. Nice. Anyway. Nice. Yeah, we got that all that stuff to look forward to, and then uh, we'll see what happens next. I'm excited about the record. See what uh, see uh, we'll run it up the flagpole and see what see what happens from there. Sounds good to me, man. All right, man. Well, you take care of that family. I will, bro. And Thank congratulations you. on the wedding. Thank you. Yeah, that's tomorrow. It's good, man. Life's a trip. It's uh, the kids are <laughs> just taking off and doing their thing. It's a uh, you never know how it's gonna what's how it's gonna happen, and it's just it's happening this way, and it's all perfect. It's all great. So I I can't complain at all. I got a beautiful family. That's great. That's great. All right. Yeah. All right, my brother. Well, we'll talk again soon. All right, bro. All right. Take, Take care. care, everybody. Ciao. Bye.